0: Good evening and welcome to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA players, legends, and top instructors go to share their insights and playing
1: lessons. Join Chris every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as he talks with the greats of the game. Tonight's show is sponsored by the French Lick Resort, Ben Hogan Golf,
0: the PGA Tour Superstore, the Salt Creek Golf Retreat, TaylorMade Golf, the Bobby Jones Apparel Company, and Super Speed Golf. Now here's your host, Chris Mascaro. Mascaro.
2: folks, and thank you for coming back and joining me tonight on Next on the T. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and very excited tonight that I get to share three more great guests with you. First up with me is going to be John uh, John Claffey, VP of Marketing for Tour Edge. They've got an exciting line of hybrids and fairway woods that have taken the market by storm. they got a lot of players out on the Champions Tour that have switched over to Tour Edge because of how easy their fairway woods and hybrids are to hit, and the the success they're having, you know, out there hitting them and winning out on tour. Five of the top ten players at last week's Pure Insurance Championship on the Champions Tour, which oh by the way was played at Pebble Beach, had Tour Edge exotic hybrids or fairway woods in their bags. So I'm looking forward to hearing about all the great things that Tour Edge has going on when John joins me here in just a few minutes. Following him, I'm going to get a return visit from broadcasting legend Ben Wright. I'm going to get Mr. Wright's thoughts on the Ryder Cup why the U.S. team played so poorly, why we struggle so much on European soil, what he thinks we need to do differently to be more competitive. If it's true that the European team is more emotionally invested in winning the Ryder Cup than we are, we'll also go back to the 1969 Ryder Cup and the concession between Jack Nicklaus and Tony Jacklin. Mr. Jacklin, oh, by the way, going to be uh, back on the show with me next week. So I want to get Mr. Wright's recollection of how big Nicholas's concession was. Uh, on that putt at that time. I know Sam Sneed, I've read that, you Neo, know, Sam Sneed was not very happy that Jack did that. So, want to hear what Mr. Wright has to say about that. And looking forward to having him back on the show a little bit later on in this half hour. Then I'll round out tonight's show with a return visit from my good friend Matthew Lawrence. Matthew is the host of Backspin Golf on ESPN Radio in Lexington, Kentucky. I'll also get his reaction to the Ryder Cup. You know, maybe some thoughts on you know why Tiger Woods's Ryder Cup record is so bad. Why and he he and his partner can never seem to you know get it together. Why they struggle so much. All the drama that has come out over the last couple of days since the Ryder Cup ended. We've heard about Patrick Reed and his wife. You know being upset with Jordan Spieth and why they didn't play together being upset with Jim Furyk we've heard about Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka getting into it perhaps on the plane ride over then again in the team room so the US team was sort of team drama if you will and did that destroy any chemistry that they had but uh, we'll talk about that with Matthew and a whole bunch more when he joins me about 45 minutes from now so a lot more great stories you know coming your way tonight on this edition of next on the team I want to thank you so much much for tuning in and taking the journey with me over the next ninety minutes or so. And speaking of Matthew Lawrence, I want to remind you about his show, Backspin Golf, which airs Sunday mornings from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. It's my regular Sunday morning, 8.03 AMT Time. It is broadcast live on WLXG ESPN Radio AM thirteen hundred up in Lexington, Kentucky. You can stream it online by going to WLXG.com or do what I did, which is download the WLXG app. Matthew does such a wonderful Wonderful job, and it's a great way to start your Sunday mornings. His equally fantastic twin brother, Mitchell, also has a great golf show that marries golf and travel. It's called Talking Golf Getaways, which you can find online at golfnewsnet.com or over on AudioBoomer, or really any place you consume podcasts. He and his co-host Darren Bunch travel all over the world, and they let you know about great places to play, stay, and even eat while you're there. Again, it's called Talking Golf Getaways, and you can stream it online at golfnewsnet.com or over on audio boom. And folks, as you know, we are sponsored by the French Lick Resort. Let's hear a word from our good friend Steve Rondonero about what they've got going on up there.
1: Play Legendary Golf at French Lick Resort, the only place in the country where you can play courses by two Hall of Fame designers on the same property. Our Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses offer two very different challenges. Experience them both and save with our Hall of Fame package. Our two historic hotels are unique as well. Cap it off with a fun visit to the French Lick Casino. Check us out online at FrenchLick.com. Bring a group and save even more. Play Legendary Golf this season at French Lick Resort.
3: Yeah, folks, be sure to go online and check them out at FrenchLick.com to see for yourself what a wonderful place it is and to book your stay as well. All right, now joining me on the French Lick Resort guest line is John Claffey. John is the VP of Marketing for Tour Edge. He has also been the Director of Marketing for Nikent Golf, Tiger Shark Golf, SuperStroke Golf, Volvik USA, and he's now doing great things with Tour Edge, which is the hot brand out on the Champions Tour. Last week at the Pure Insurance Championship, played out at Pebble Beach. Ken Tenegawa won using Tour Edge in his bag. Tour Edge equipment was also in the bags of players who finished 4th, 5th, and two guys who tied for ninth. So five of the top 10 players used Tour Edge exotic clubs. Players using their clubs have won six times this year on the Champions Tour, plus nine runner-up finishes, 31 top fives, and 54 top 10s. I know long before I asked John to come on this show, I put a Tour Edge Exotic EX10-3 Hybrid in my bag, and I love how the, how it feels, what the ball does coming off the face, and how it plays. And I'm very excited to have John with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, John, thanks for being a part of the show tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. So, John, you've had a great career in the golf industry. How did David Glad get lure you away from Volvic Golf and get you over to Tour Edge?
1: Well, uh, he, uh, he had hired a, a guy named John Craig to be our vice president. And John, uh, has been a distributor for TourEdge in Australia for, uh, over 15 years. And he was also a distributor for, um, different companies that I've worked for in the past. And, uh, so when he came over, he actually moved all the way over to the Chicago area from Australia to, uh, kind of, uh, be the guy who steers the ship, um, at, Tour Edge now, and and so John brought me on because we've been uh, longtime friends, and and it's been kind of the perfect fit where uh, it's it's kind of a family deal. Uh, David Glad and Gordon Glad, uh, brothers, have been running the company for over 32 years. David's our president and our founder and our master club designer, and uh, Gordon does sales, and we have a a big team of uh, about 60 people in Batavia, Illinois. We, we, We build all of our clubs in the United States, and... Uh we uh we've been doing this a long time, but I'm I'm new to the team. I've been here a year starting tomorrow, and uh we've had a banner year, so it's been uh been quite the roller coaster.
2: And John, everything I've read about Tour Edge and David Glad is the affection that everyone there has for the game of golf. How much they truly enjoy everything they do. I've read a couple articles talking about that. So talk about the culture there at Tour Edge.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a Midwest uh, you know, Midwest family-type deal. Everybody does love golf. We actually play golf at this company, which is different from anywhere I've ever been in the golf industry. So it's, uh, it is a true passion for the game. And, and David started out as a club pro. He was always a, a club junkie. You know, he played college golf in Florida with, uh, on the same team as, as Rocco Mediate, who's on our staff now. And Lee Jansen and Marco Dawson were on that team down in South Florida. So he's, uh, he's just been a fixture of, uh, of, of, of golf for a long time. And, um, You know, he's kind of turned into the last decade, he kind of went from being this uh, th- this uh guy who's, you know, CEO and running the company and he, he's been designing all of our clubs. Now he's one of the most preeminent club designers in, in all of golf. So it's been uh, a, a really great transition for me to come over here and, and uh, one of the first things we, we did was to go out and kind of make our new home the Champions Tour. And uh, we just got our sixth win of the season. On Sunday with Ken Tanagawa, I was playing our three-wood. And so we've had six wins and nine runner-up finishes and 23 events. So we're having uh, quite the year out there.
2: And, John, to your point about all the different options that you guys offer, you got a lot of variations in your clubs. you got 12 different iron models. Seven different drivers, nine different hybrids, 10 different fairway woods. Talk about all the variety that you guys have out there that gives us opportunities to find the right one for our game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the reasons why we're thriving in the marketplace these days, uh, you know, we were up 30% last year and we're up 30% over that again this year. So we're, we're really starting to take off after 30 years. And, uh, and the reason is, is we're covering um, a lot of clubs that, that nobody else is making we've got we've found these niches that really are were needs for the golf industry and uh, so we have three different tiers of lines a lot of people out there have probably heard of our bazooka line and that is really uh, has turned into a way for beginners to get into the game we have a, a lot of junior sets that we just released and we have you know five different ladies sets that we have that um are really great products but that are also affordable uh, we and we have we have ways for guys that are just only playing you know you know a few times a year to get into the game at a really low price point, but to also get some innovation and some technology going in their clubs. And so a lot of people have gone away from that as prices have, have fluctuated upwards in our industry. And um, and we you know we kind of taken advantage of that. We we launched this uh, this club line our mid tier the Hot Launch Three last year, and we really put um, some thinking behind this and some research behind it and. We launched it with a custom fitting program where you could walk into any of our custom fit areas around the country, about 500 places that had our fit bag, and you would get fit for a club. And we had a, a, a guarantee that we would be 48 hours back to your house or to the store that you were fit at. And we did thousands and thousands of those this year to the point where we are were, we we're up about 150% in our hot launch line. And it's, uh, it really is just because it's, we're providing extreme performance and extreme technology. For a price that people just you know weren't doing anymore, you can get into our HL3 driver for $189, and it was performing just as well as a a $399 or a $499 driver. So that's really kind of helped put us uh, back to where we wanted to be, and allowed us to concentrate on on our um, our other line, which is our exotic line, which is our tour preferred, you know, a little bit higher price point and ultra premium line that we have in play on tour. So we have three distinct lines. We want to make sure that we cover a club for every golfer that's out there. We have the easiest clubs in the world to hit in our Ironwoods as far as an iron set. The HL3 Ironwood is is basically just a, a whole set of of cavity back, hollow-body iron. And anybody who puts a swing on those is going to have fun because it's going to get the ball up in the air and it's going to uh, reduce mistakes out on the golf course. And then we, we go all the way up to some harder hitting clubs like our CBX, which just won the uh, the My Golf Spy Award for Most Wanted Fairway Wood this year. And that is the club that's in play on tour, and it's a titanium face that's combo braised to stainless steel. It's got carbon fiber on the sole. We saved 50 grams of weight that way. We were able to put the, the center of gravity exactly where we wanted it behind, you know, a little bit more forward actually in the club face. So what we were doing is we were reducing spin. So, that's for your faster swing speed. So, we really cover anybody from your tour pro to your beginner, and and uh, we love it that way. We think that's what's going to help grow the game of golf.
2: And, John, there's a lot there I want to react to. And, and, and the first thing, you talk about, you know, the opportunity to go get fit. You know, so many of us. You know, buy our clubs sort of off the rack, if you will. But you guys have a commitment to getting properly fit. And we think that's a huge thing here on this show. We talked to a lot of the top 100 club fitters about how it's not just for the tour pros, it's for all of us. Talk about your commitment to being custom fit.
1: Yeah. You know, I think, um, one of the, the, one of the misconceptions about being custom fit is that it was only for better players. And the truth of the matter is, is that. The higher, handi- the higher handicapped player you are, the more strokes you're actually gonna gonna um, save by getting custom fit. It's gonna help your higher handicapper and your slower swing speed more than it's gonna help your scratch player. That's just how important it is to be in the right spec, and 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 it just it's, it's the future of golf. If you if you want to be playing um, the best that there is out there, you got to look at innovation and technology, sure, but you also got to make sure that this is properly fit to your swing. And so more and more golfers are figuring that out. More and more golfers are starting to get fit for not only drivers and irons, but to get their fairy woods and their hybrids fit. And pretty much every, every club in the bag is now getting custom fit these days. So it's a big change from what we've seen six to eight years ago. And, and really it's, uh, we're just starting to scratch the surface of it. So we're, we're definitely way ahead of, uh, of the curve on that one. We, uh, you know, we're coming out. We've just launched our, our new exotic EXS line. And we're we're basically bringing about the same program with Hot Launch 3, where we're going to have fit bags everywhere across the country, even at, you know, green grass locations. And so they may not carry a lot of inventory, but they will have the fit bag there. You'll be able to work with one of the head professionals at a golf course, and they will get you on, you know, a flight simulator, and give you all the uh, the data that you need to make a, a wise decision. So the more that we can do that and that we can get our product in front of people and have them testing against, you know, the clubs that they're playing now or some of the other hot clubs on the market, the more that we can prove ourselves because anytime you take a two-edge club and, and put it to a performance test, it's going to do quite well.
2: And, John, to that point, you you mentioned your drivers a moment ago, and you got the exotic XJ1 drivers out and, and a lot of really great driving options. And most drivers that we'll see at the retail stores are going to cost us somewhere between five dollars and $600. Yours are going to cost at most half of that, and even less than that. Talk about what makes your drivers unique and how they're able to compare to the more expensive models.
1: Yeah, I'm going to use this new driver we just launched. It hasn't started shipping yet. It ships November 1st, but it's called the Exotics EXS. It's a great example of of what we do. Uh, you know, golf, our our motto is our tagline at, at Tour Edge is "We're golf's most solid investment," and we have really been living by those words. We we basically took with the EXS driver, we took everything that we could possibly think of in driver design. We threw the kitchen sink as far as technology at this driver. It, it comes with an adjustable hosel that goes plus 2 or minus 2 in loft. So you can take a 9.5 and get it up to an 11.5 or go down to a 7.5 degree. But you, we also have weights um, that are interchangeable in the back that we call a flight tuning system. So you can switch the weights around and get a a, a draw bias or a neutral setting. But in conjunction with that adjustable hosel, you have 16 different flight settings that you can adjust this driver to. It also comes with a carbon com- composite crown and some carbon composite on the toe, and that saved us enough weight to be able to do that weighting system and and make all of this work in concert. So these are six there's six different technologies that are kind of working together and and as a whole in this driver. Um, the next area would be the face where we have variable face thickness for an, an expanded sweet spot. But we also modified the bulge and roll, and it's what we we are calling a roll face. So we we modified the bulge and roll all the way out to the toe. So basically, if you have a miss hit on the toe, it's going to make that drive go straight. So we have a, a lot of face technology there with this high-grade titanium, uh, beta titanium face. And then, you know, we have a slipstream sole, which is on the bottom of the club. Um, so that is actually an aerodynamic feature. And so we've, uh, we've just got all this technology packed into this driver. And you get it all for three hundred dollars, two hundred ninety nine dollars at retail. So basically, what we've done is we've we've given you a five hundred dollar driver, like comparatively to the competition. But we just kind of took out all the marketing surcharges and the the hype charges, as I call them, that come with the, some of the bigger brands these days. Because you know, basically, somebody's got to pay for these tour contracts and for this these multi million dollar budgets, and they're definitely not uh, not eating that in their margin. So um, that's why the driver prices have gone. You know, so high these days, but we feel that we can all offer an ultra premium driver that's just packed and loaded with innovation, but we can do it at the price point that everybody's kind of used to. What we, what I call home base. It just seemed to me that two ninety nine was the perfect price for a driver. Everybody went upwards. Nobody covered home base, and so we said, "Hey, we got that. We're going to come out with something spectacular. We're not going to overcharge for it. We're going It's going to come with a premium ten size shaft, which is already a hundred forty dollars shaft um, at the retail market." This is one of their genuine, you know, shafts that it's in play on tour. It's not a made for OEM shaft. So this is a hundred forty dollar shaft and a two hundred ninety nine dollar driver and in a two hundred twenty nine dollar ferrywood with a hundred ninety nine dollar hybrid. So you can just see the value there already just by what I've talked about as far as what's included, as far as adjustability, and as far as premium shafts and components, we we really just don't skimp on anything. It's all about giving you the best of the best for uh for your for your money.
2: And John, we've we've talked a little bit about your hybrids. When I look at how they're built, build out the number one hybrid on the champions tour. And as a guy who's fifty-three, that resonated with me. When I started hearing and reading about Tour Edge more and more over the last couple of years, seeing things coming out of the PGA Merchandise Show, reading about your Fairway Woods and your hybrids on Golf Digest Hot List. Those are all things that mean a lot to me. And then I see guys out on the Champions Tour switching to them, you know, more and more all the time. Talk about the hybrids. Talk about your CBX3 Woods, which was a silver, you know, award winner in in 2018 on the Hot List. Talk about how those hybrids have really started to take the Champions Tour and more and more players my
1: age by storm yeah absolutely you know the the hybrid has become an essential scoring club um it's no longer just you know a, a, an iron replacement these guys are you know these guys on the champions tour are putting it in to to score they're 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 really putting in sometimes up to three hybrids in their bag um so it's become a very vital club out there and um and we went out there at the exact right time with the right product and in one year's time we had 50 over 50 guys that have now put CBX into play out there, and we've collected all sorts of wins six wins um you know over 100 25 in a hundred top twenty five finishes in a short amount of time so every week we're you know we're getting in the bags of some some of the best players in the world and uh Hill Irwin's playing our our hybrid right now I mean you know Kenny Perry these guys are just guys that we picked up just because we were out there and and uh, showed them our stuff and they liked it. But uh, we had enough guys that we also were able to sign eight legends of the game to uh, be able to promote and and kind of be on our staff. And that ended up being Scott McCarron, who's the number one player out there now. So he, uh, you know, anybody, I try to tell anybody who says, oh, is this for seniors? It's senior golf. I said, you won't call it senior golf anymore if you follow Scott McCarron around for 18 holes because the, <laughs> the guy's a beast. He, does, he's, uh, he is uh, quite fun to watch. And there's so much more competition out there now. Um, and it's just a, it's a great tour. It's really in a good place right now. The rookie classes that are coming in have really revitalized it and it's, uh, it's highly competitive and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun so, to go out there and have so many of our, uh, you know, some of the guys out there now playing our stuff. We're, we're out there every week and they really appreciate us being out there. They, they come up and thank us and say, Hey, thanks for being out here and servicing us. It really means a lot. And so we've, uh, we've been out there for a year now and it's, it's really become our, uh, our home away from home, and we're going to continue to make it that way. But yeah, if you go to our website, you can see all the guys we signed. It's Rocco Mediate, it's Duffy Waldorf, it's Tom Lehman, Scott Dunlap, Tim Petrovic, who's up in the top 10 on the Champions Tour this year, just having a lights out year. It's Scott Dunlap, one of the best ball strikers out there. So, uh, these, these guys are, uh, Fred Funk. I mean, these guys are some of the legends of the game, and, and, uh, they've, they've become tour edge guys. So we're, we're looking to expand that program and, And continue to service the Champions Tour and, and, uh, and, and beyond. We're looking at all the tours, but it's really because of this club, as you mentioned, that David Glod came up with. It's the first ever club that's ever been titanium, carbon fiber, and stainless steel mixed together. So it's the, it's the, the reason the club is so good is because of those three materials that are, that have been constructed with. Um, it's still the only fairly wooden hybrid on the U.S. market that has a titanium face. So, Everybody else walked away from titanium; it became too expensive. But David Glad kept at it over the years, and he all he likes to do is make these wonderful-sounding distance machines with titanium faces and fairy woods and hybrids. And it's really made us, you know, one of the top metal woods in the world. When people think about quality and craftsmanship and performance, you know, they're thinking about tourists these days when they, when it comes to fairy woods and hybrids. And and so that's kind of our our go-to niche these days. But you know, we're starting to uh, do the same thing we're doing with those. With drivers, and uh, we're starting to do uh, our iron sales have really picked up. And, and so we're, you know, we're kind of catching everything up with the, the metalwood category that uh, David has been so good at for over a dozen years since we first launched exotics.
2: John, just a couple more before we let you go. As as I mentioned uh, in your intro, I put a, a tour edge exotic EX10. In my bag, not that long ago, after kind of reading things in magazines and, like I say, coming out of the PGA uh, Merchandise Show, I wanted to see what it was all about. I went to our friends here at the PGA Tour Superstore, hit some in the simulators. It's incredibly easy to hit. And one of the things that sort of catches your eye when they're on the rack is your slipstream technology that's at the bottom of the soul of the, of the hybrids and the, and the fairway woods. Talk about what that is.
1: Yeah, that's something uh, that's really cool that only David has done again in design, and it's part of the exotic, exotic ethos. Basically, it, when we say exotic, it's because we're using exotic metals that cost more. we David. David has found all these different manufacturing techniques and methods that nobody else was using, like combo brazing and just weight-saving techniques. And like I said, he's a, he's a club junkie. He's uh, he really, um, it's his life and his passion to do golf club design. And so he, he really has, uh, kind of set us apart from everybody else with the materials and the, and the methods of, of manufacturing that we use. And that's, that's what makes exotic so different. But especially that slipstream sole was something so visible and different that you just kind of stare, you had to stare at it for a little bit and be like, you know, that's so unique. I've just never seen anything like it. And where we continue to, to perfect upon it. Basically, for those listening, it's the slipstream sole is, it's on the sole of the golf club on the bottom of the club. If you're facing down and about to hit the club, but if you were to turn it over, it's got these little wave patterns on on the uh, the bottom of the club, and it's actually an aerodynamic um, manufacturing technique that David came up with, and so it it you know it helps with turf interaction, but it also helps with just you know making the club head faster through the through the wind. So it's um it's quite the it's quite the technology, and it's it's a visible technology, and so we actually have that on our new EXS driver in Fairway Woods and Hybrids as well. But we've actually made them a little, the, the streets a little bit wider now. So it's, uh, it's even better aerodynamics. So it's just one of the examples of one of the different things that David Glaude does as a designer and what we do as a company. And, uh, we really don't, you know, use a follow the leader mentality. We're always thinking outside the box and trying to do something just a little bit different.
2: John, before we let you go, remind our listeners, you mentioned how the new drivers are going to be out on the market soon. Talk about that and then how we can follow and stay up to date with all the great things you guys are doing online and on social media.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, we launched this uh, the driver, the Ferrywood and the hybrid. We launched and start shipping November 1st. The, there will be an EXS set of irons that comes out uh, about a month later that are going to be some of the longest irons you'll ever hit. And these will be widely available. And we're gonna, you're going to see a bunch of uh, commercials on Golf Channel this year around this Exotics EXS line. You'll hear the tagline, pound for pound, nothing else comes close. Because basically, in in, in this heavyweight division of, uh, of ultra-premium um, technology, no one else is offering what we're offering for the price we're offering. So pound for pound, EXS is, is the best buy that you can make in golf. You'll be able to see it at uh, any retail store near you. Uh, PGA Tour Superstore will be loaded up with them. So we uh, we're very excited to get them out the door and into the golfer's hands, so we can the feedback and the buzz can start building even more.
2: John, it's great stuff. I I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come and be a part of the show. I hope you'll come back and uh, you know once everything gets launched, come back, tell us how it's doing, and then uh, kind of wet our whistle for what we might see in uh, at the PGA merchandise show in January. But it's been fantastic having you as part of the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Oh, Chris, thank you so much. I look forward to doing it again.
2: Take care, John. All the best to you and your family. That is John Claffey. Again, he is the VP of Marketing for TourEdge, and uh, I'm serious folks, you know, we had an opportunity to put a tour edge exotic out, out there when uh, we were at the PGA tour superstore. Our good friends up the street here at the Kennesaw location took some swings with it. Very easy to hit, gets the ball up in the air very quickly. And, uh, that slipstream. There's something to it. I get, you know, part of, you know, what they talk about is how it sort of helps you glide across, helps that soul glide across the grass and not dig. So, uh, it's, uh, it's a fantastic uh, hybrid. I look forward to, you know, hopefully getting the opportunity to take a look at some of the other great things that they're doing. All right, before I get to my next guest, Mr. Ben Wright, I want to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors. First, I want to tell you how excited I am about the new driver that I have in my golf bag is nothing necessarily new. I've had it for the last few months and playing it. It's the M4 driver from TaylorMade Golf, and if you haven't tried their new Twist Face technology, you're missing out. And I don't know about you, but I don't hit every ball in the center of the face, right? Sometimes you hit it on the high t- high heel or the low toe, right? Well, the the Twist Face helps you know protect us from those miss hits and bring the ball back to center keeping the distance that we want but giving us greater accuracy. And I'm hitting more for fairways than I ever have. Their new drivers are also the choices of pretty good golfers you might recognize. Twistface is played by Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, John Rahm, and Justin Rose, to name just a few, and dominating the top 10 out on tour. And so if you haven't tried Twistface, go hit it and get fit. It's in the new M3 and M4 drivers and only from TaylorMade. I also want to give a shout-out to our friends at Superspeed Golf. Now used by over half of the tour players around the world, Super Speed Golf is the fastest and most effective way to increase your swing speed. Three eight-minute training sessions per week, all you need to gain 5% in your swing speed. With sets for golfers of all ages and over one year of included video instruction, Super Speed offers a complete solution to help you start bombing it off the tee. Visit them online at superspeedgolf.com. All right, now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Mr. Ben Wright. And you guys know Ben Wright is a treasure to me and to the game of golf. His kindness and generosity over the years goes beyond words. In my mind, he is the best broadcaster in golf history for the wonderful way that he has painted images for all of us for what's happening out there on the golf course. He is one of the great storytellers of all time, and you'll understand why I say that even more if you go pick up his book, Good Bounces and Bad Lies, which is available on Amazon.com. One of the things I've posted on social media over the last couple of years and on our website next on the T.net are five things that I am hoping for out of the new golf year, and at the top of my list every year, is wishing that Ben Wright would have the opportunity to broadcast one more Masters. I believe the golf world would love to hear his voice and its insights enhancing the Masters tournament. I know I would. He is a part of the fabric of what made watching the Masters tournament so great during the 1970s, 80s, and 90s. He's a legend, and I'm honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Good evening, Mr. Wright. Thank you for coming back on the show. Oh my,
4: my word! You know, Christmas, Caro, you you flatter me out of all recognition. It's rubbish. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> a very ordinary person and uh, very old too. But um, I I have seen an awful lot of golf in my time, and actually, I know you're going to talk about the Ryder Cup, and I actually w- watched the 19 19- 53 version at Wentworth, England uh, when we should have won but um, two of our youngsters, Bernard Hunt and Peter Ellis, who were youngsters at the time, lost their singles and uh, we lost the match by six and a half to five and a half now it was a lot different in those days, there were things like 36-hole Singles which are incredibly boring When someone is about 12 ahead But um, what I mean to say to you is That um, my only virtue is As Henry Longhurst, my guiding mentor Used to say to me You're so old that no one can question Whether you're lying or not So,
2: Mr. Ray, you're right. I want to get your thoughts on the Ryder Cup. You know, here we are, you know, a couple of days post, and sort of everyone is doing their postmortem on what went wrong for the U.S., what went right for the European team. And as we look at it, it seems like the U.S. is just never good when the when the matches are over there on European soil, at least not over the last couple of decades. So I want to get your thoughts. When you look at both teams, why is the European team so good? And what do we need to learn in order to be more competitive?
4: Well, now, Chris, I'm going to be politically incorrect. And I'm going to bite the hand that fed me so wonderfully well when I was with CBS television for 27 years. I'm afraid it's all gone wrong here in the United States. The golf courses on the PGA Tour are set up with minimal rough, wide fairways, greens like uh, risotto. Uh, They're so receptive. The ball, I mean, it's playing darts to hit the greens. And uh, of course, there are millions and millions of dollars and the world flocks to try and uh, cash in but it, it has basically destroyed the finesse of the game over here you know, you now got the bash brothers you know john johnson and Kepka. Uh, you, you know it's just gone wrong uh, when there's a subtlety about the golf course, as there was in Paris, then the Americans are lost. Because the only way they've learned how to play is to hit it as hard as you can, find it, and you'll know that out of the minimal rough, you can uh, drop it on the green and it'll stop quickly. Uh, and of course, this is not real golf. And what we've come to now is, a, it really is a weekly succession of exhibitions in which the rich get richer and, and so on. And, uh, and, and it breaks my heart because, you know, I've spent so many years here loving every minute. Of your wonderful country And your wonderful golf But the Americans have destroyed Themselves And it it really I, I, I hate to say these things But I firmly believe Them Chris I wouldn't be talking like this If I didn't believe it And um, also I uh, don't think The Americans Have quite grasped The concept of the team play of of leaving your ego at the door which was one of their uh, mottos this year but it singularly failed and uh, I read in an English newspaper today that Kepka and Johnson almost came to blows after the event Patrick Reed and his wife have Sounded off against everybody. I uh, mean, it just, it's a very sad thing in my mind, because I remember the vintage years of American golf. And, of course, I'm not forgetting that Hazeltine was set up exactly as I've described, for the Bash brothers, hit it on the green and will stop and they had the fairways there as wide as a mile. It was, uh, of course, uh, something to be said against the captain being able to set up the golf course uh, as he wants it. In my opinion, uh, it should be neutrally set up, but at the same time to favor the finesse of golf. The finer points of the game. Uh, I hate to go on like this. You know, it, it, it's sad because uh, Woods and Mickelson, Tiger and Phil, I mean, they were dreadful. 0-6. Oh, Jim Furyk's uh, Captain picks, dreadful. 2-10. and ten. And, of course, Molinari, God bless him, uh, the quietest Italian I've ever known, <laughs> uh, was the first Euro to go 5-0, and, and he and Tommy Fleetwood, with the, he of the long hair, uh, were the first for the Euros to go 4-0. And, and uh, quite frankly, even Sergio Garcia, who was an absolute genius picked by Thomas Bjorn, uh, as a as a wild card, has now I've got the most points in Ryder Cup history, 25 and a half. And Europeans have won the last nine of these 12 encounters. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous.
2: Something that you mentioned a moment ago, ego and, and, you know, checking it at the door and that sort of thing. Um, it, it's just my perception, and you would certainly have a better read on it than I, but it seems like the European teams are happy win or lose. They have so much team camaraderie. They enjoy, you know, each other. They enjoy the moment and the contest. And if they win, obviously they go crazy. If they lose, they're still happy and they still seem to have a good time and being a part of the event. And it seems like there's more angst on the U.S. side. Do you sense that or am I off base?
4: You're absolutely correct, Chris. Once again. Now, one of the most interesting things that I gleaned from uh the past few years of when uh, the euro smashed America at Oakland Hills in uh, Michigan uh, many years ago now um, the bill for uh, drinks and cigars was four hundred dollars for the week. In the United States uh, locker room, and it was four thousand for the Euros. You know, cigars and booze. And it seems like the Euros know how to relax so much better than the Americans. I take your point completely, but it seems like the the Americans are so uptight. They don't, they just don't seem to be able to relax and have any kind of fun. I mean, this thing is, there's no money in it. It's just pride of, of, of your, for your country. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm desperately, desperately disappointed that Americans were so pathetic. And they were pathetic.
2: And Mr. Ray, you talk about different guys and their records. You look at Tiger Woods now. Terrible record over the course of his Ryder Cup career in four ball and foursomes. 9 19 and one. Oh, and four yeah. in this Ryder Cup. He hasn't won a Ryder Cup match since 2010. Why do you think Tiger and whoever they pair with him, those that duo, that team, if you will, why do they always seem to struggle?
4: Well, I think in Tiger's case, I think he gave his all in Atlanta the week before, and I think he was he he came to Paris a spent force, and that's um, the kind way uh, of looking at it. Uh, but I, you know, I don't I don't think Tiger, who's the second worst uh, Ryder Cup record, to Phil Nicholson, who has the dead worst. I don't think that they are truly team players. I mean, you have to be very self-centered to make a fortune in golf. I think Jack Nicklaus is a case in point. He was extremely self-centered in winning as many majors as he did. But he had the ability to translate to the team concept. I was a tremendous player in the Ryder Cup. Uh, Woods and Mickelson have been absolutely dreadful. And uh, uh, this thing, I'll tell you what, Chris, I am genuinely sad about this. It, it, It distresses me horribly. It really does.
2: And Mr. Ryan, you, you mentioned Jack Nicholas. So I want to go back and you talked about the, the earlier, uh, the, the 53 Ryder Cup. I want to take you back to 69. Um, I've had the uh, privilege of having Tony Jacks uh, Jacqueline on the show a couple of times. She's going to join me again next week. So going back to the concession. At the '69 Ryder Cup, when Jack Nicklaus picked up Tony Jacklin's marker there on the 18th hole, after Nicklaus holes out from about five feet, and Jacklin only had two feet left. But I've read stories about how upset Sam Snead was, and some of the other players on the team, that he would do such a thing. How big a deal was it at that time?
4: A huge deal. And you're quite right. I saw Sam. He was just going ape about about how stupid. Nicholas could be because uh, Tony Jacklin who is still one of my greatest friends um, was a very suspect short putter and as Nicholas said you know I just didn't want to give you the chance to miss it which was the greatest sporting gesture uh, that that I've ever known in my golf career and um, it was a huge event but you know while we're on the subject of Tony, he should have been he should have been knighted for his services to uh, the, the Brits and the Euros in the Ryder Cup. He was the guy who got it all together again in 1983 when we failed very narrowly at Palm Beach Gardens, and then he was the man, the Belfry, when we won in 85 and of course uh, one in 87 and 89 and so on and of course um nicholas uh god bless him was the american captain uh when your boys lost on uh, at his own golf course muirfield village when uh, tony was our captain and of course i was there and the celebrations was still going on at 10 o'clock the next morning. It was so wild that the Euros had won against Jack Nicholas, the captain, at his own golf course. And, you you know, Tony Jacklin turned the whole darn thing around almost by himself. Uh, He insisted that the Euros uh, travel first class instead of coach for a start I mean why would you send your team across the Atlantic in coach but that's what happened in the in the early bad old days when all the, the, our boys were doing it was Britain and Ireland then uh, was to come and have a belly full of steaks and all the Americans were doing was to come to Scotland or or Britain and buy a bull the cashmere. I mean, the match was a foregone conclusion for so long. It was, and Jack Nicklaus wrote to the Earl of Derby, who was the boss man of the British PGA at the time, uh, after the crushing defeat of uh, the British and Irish, at Royal Living in 1977 that he said, you've got to bring in Europe. We brought in Europe, and in 1979 and 81, you Americans just absolutely destroyed us. First at the Greenbrier, and then at our own Walton Heath. It was only then that they went to Tony Jacklin, and he saved he saved the whole thing from oblivion.
2: Mr. Wright, one more before we let you go and just kind of switch gears just a little bit. But after watching you know, how well Tiger has played this season, particularly at the end of it, obviously winning the Tour Championship, many people calling Tiger's comeback the greatest of all time. And I keep trying to tell people it isn't even close to what Ben Hogan overcame in his comeback from a a near head-on collision with a Greyhound bust that, crushed his side of the car. He had a fractured pelvis and a collarbone and a left ankle and chipped ribs and and near-fatal blood clots that plagued him the rest of his life, particularly in his legs. But 11 months later, he's back out there, lost a playoff in his first tournament back, and then went on to win 11 tournaments and six more majors. So, to me, you can't even compare the two. To me, it's not even close. What are your thoughts? Uh,
4: exactly what you're saying. Ben Hogan's was the greatest thing that ever was, and he won the three majors that he competed in, including the British at Garnoustie in 1953, four years after that horrendous accident. Um, to my mind, and I, with due respect to Tiger Woods, who is one unbelievably great player, don't get me wrong, but his comeback is a pale shadow against that of Ben Hogan, in my
2: humble opinion. Mr. Wright, uh, I can't thank you enough for your time tonight. It's always such an honor and a privilege for me to get to spend some time with you. I mean it sincerely. You're a treasure to me. You're a treasure to the game of golf. And uh, I can't thank you enough for continuing to come back and be a part of the show. You're a wonderful man. Well,
4: you know something, Chris? It's only because uh, you invite me and you're so nice about me. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I've never been flattered like this in my life, dear boy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly appreciate you. God bless you. Ray- Take care, Mr. Rad. I look forward to hopefully the opportunity to catch up with you again real soon. I hope so,
4: too, Chris. Take care.
2: That is uh, the legendary Mr. Ben Wright, and uh, like I say, a couple of different things come straight from the heart. Uh, he means a great deal to me. I think he's a treasure to the game of golf. I think he's a treasure to broadcasting in general. Nobody has ever done it any better than he did, and when I look at things that I wish I could see one more time in my lifetime, it would be Ben Wright uh, broadcasting another master's all right i've got my next guest matthew lawrence hanging on the line we're going to get to matthew on the other side of these words about the pga tour superstore this segment of the show is brought to you
1: by the pga tour superstore see why golfers everywhere are proud to call pga tour superstore their golf pro shop visit them online at pgatoursuperstore.com now back to chris and more of the show
2: And now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is not only one of my favorite guests, but also one of my favorite people on the planet, and that's Matthew Lawrence. You guys hear me talk about how great Matthew's show Backspin Golf is at the top of every show every week. And as Matthew can attest, I listen religiously every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. It's broadcast on ESPN Radio, WLXG AM 1300 up in Lexington, Kentucky. You can stream it online by going to their site, WLXG.com, or doing what I did, which is download the WLXG app. Matthew does an outstanding job and his show is so much fun to listen to. I love kicking off my Sundays by listening to Matthew. What you may not know about Matthew Lawrence is, A, he's the best air guitar player on the planet. At least that's what he tells me. And if that wasn't enough, according to a Twitter account, he apparently is drawing up plays this year for the Kentucky Wildcats football team. So it comes as no surprise to me. That Kentucky is off to a 5-0 start this season. The first time they've been ranked in 11 years, number 13 in the country now. And I am honored to have Matthew as uh, part of the show again tonight. Good evening, coach. How are you?
0: Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, <clears throat> as Mr. Wright just said, thank you for that marvelous introduction. But, uh, let's get right to this, Chris. Okay. <laughs> let's just get right to it. If I'm such one of your favorite people on the planet, how could you possibly ask me to appear on your show after Ben Wright. How is that possible?
2: I mean, Because the only I, person on the planet that could follow Ben Wright is you.
0: Oh, boy. You are so <laughs> not only full of it, but you're really good. Yeah, I mean, really good. Uh, <laughs> you know, talking about Ben Wright, just sitting, listening uh, for the last few minutes uh, to him, my brother, Mitchie, who is also a very close friend of yours now, uh, we had the opportunity many, many times to be at celebrity golf tournaments with Ben. And you're absolutely right in everything you say about him. Um just the treasure of the game is not strong enough. I mean he's he truly is a legend and to sit and anybody that loves the game of golf, if they ever had a chance to sit at a table with him for an hours and listen to him tell stories. And you know the interesting thing, Chris, is I have become, it is impossible for me at this point to, to listen to actual golf broadcasts. I mean, I mute almost every golf telecast because I, I can't, and this is just my opinion, I, I can't stand the way our announcers cover golf tournaments, especially after listening and watching the European tour, um, because it's, As we know, the game of golf is treated differently. It's thought of differently, of course, uh, in Britain and Ireland and in Europe. And I just can't do it. And when I think about Ben Wright, when you just said about you would love to hear him call one more master, um, you're absolutely a 1,000% correct. Um, He never said anything obvious like they all do now. The mundane was... uh, how about this word "anathema to him um he painted pictures that people don't ever do anymore or let me say very few do anymore and so it's, with the kidding around for me to to follow Ben Wright on your show is it's an honor for me, so thanks for having me on, and it's been great talking to you again. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Maybe we should actually talk
0: a, a, a little golf while while I have you Okay, okay Yeah, because I am I I don't have very much time We've got a big game against Texas A&M Saturday I'm drawing up play, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know, I know we're taking you away from, from the X's and the O's So I appreciate yeah. the fact that you drug yourself yeah. away from that Good job out of you, okay. by the way, 5-0 oh, First thank, time thank in you. a long time So it's yeah. clearly all thank you. you Thank
0: you, thank you, thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little Ryder Cup, my friend. Got to get no, your thoughts. Heck. Why? Why did we get waxed last weekend?
0: Well, you know, it's funny. Before uh, the the actual competition started, uh, a good friend of mine, Ryan Ballinger, who is with Golf News Net, um, who's terrific, he put on Twitter that you know it says one thing on paper, but he's troubled about what's about to happen, and he thinks Europe might actually win. And I said, even though I don't want to, I have the same feeling. Um, whenever this obviously, we haven't won over uh, in Europe since 1993. Obviously, uh, it's about the team. It always is. It's about the 12 guys on each side that are playing. We all play golf. We all know how incredibly hard a game is, and you put the pressure together and all that stuff. But I think what we've seen. Since the Ryder Cup ended, um, from Sunday night, from the minute they awarded that trophy to Europe, the things that have come out about our team, and certainly not everybody on our team, but certain members of our team, um, explains why we got just drugged after Friday morning. I mean, just taken to the woodshed by those guys. And, um, As much as golf is an individual game, and we certainly know that it is, it means more to Europe. Every one of those guys on that European team. David Faraday said something really interesting. He said, when we're growing up as children and we play golf, uh, when we're on the putting green practicing and we have a putt, we say, this is a putt to win the Open Championship. Or... This is a putt to win the Ryder Cup. Those are the two things that matter to Europeans. In America, what you say when you're practicing is, I have a putt to win the U.S. Open. Or it could be one of 50 other things. To Europeans, it's one of two things, the Open Championship or the Ryder Cup. And the camaraderie that those guys have was beautiful, to watch and it's not forced it's not faked they don't some of them don't see each other for a while during the year, but the second they're getting ready to go wherever they're going they are a true team and they would do anything for each other uh every single member of the European team won at least one point every member um seventeen and I to be honest with you it could have been we could have gotten blanked after Friday morning, and it wouldn't have surprised me at all. Uh, That's the first thing. The second thing is um, Thomas Bjorn, and not enough people have given him the credit that he deserves, I don't think. Thomas Bjorn has been an incredible captain for that team for a long time. They've been talking about this and planning this, and he's been reaching out to his players for a long time. And the way that golf course was set up um, was brilliant because the one thing that the Americans had over the Europeans was uh power. And that golf course showed more than anything that the PGA Tour is set up for power. And the European Tour, and especially that golf course, is set up for precision and shot make. And that's exactly what the Europeans did. You, I mean, Rory can hit it 340. I get it, but the guys on that team were precise, and somebody called it exquisite golf, and that's what it was. And when you add all those things up, I think it's pretty easy to see why we got waxed.
2: So, Matthew, you know, some of the things that just the game of golf here in the U.S. has had angst about is, you know, how courses are set up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're hearing a you know, ball flies too far, technology too much, blah blah blah. Right. And it's obsoleting some of the older, you know, courses, that sort right. of thing. Do you think this teaches us, some of the course designers, Hey, we don't really need to obsolete these courses. What we need to do is shrink the fairways, grow the rough. And now we can have a course just like what we just saw and, re- you know, resurrect, if you will, some mm-hmm. of the courses here. And maybe we change some things out on the tour to match what we just saw uh, over at, uh, over at the Rider Cup.
0: Well, here's the pro. I agree with you 100%. I mean, I I think. Look, I I don't know who they're talking about. It's obviously working because they keep having tournaments like they have here on the PGA Tour. There's a tremendous amount of money being made, and so they'll they're going to keep doing it. They're not going to change the game so that every two every four years when we go to Europe we have a chance to win the Ryder Cup. They're not going to do that. But for a long time, we've all been saying, you know what, it's great, but every every time I hear he's got 258 to the pin, he's got a 5 on him. Every time I hear it, it, none of us can relate to what they're doing. I mean, you know, half of 1% of all the golfers can relate to that maybe, if that. So, I I agree with you. I wish they would do that. I wish that they would have it be, you know, I I know I'm the guy on the porch yelling, get off my lawn, but I wish it it brought the shot-making back into... And they're all great shot-makers, but these tournaments, would to me, would be so much better. And don't get me wrong, I am not a fan of that golf course, of Le Club Nacional. I am not a fan of that golf course. Um, And it's not an excuse as to why we lost. I just... I don't like that golf, that particular golf course. Uh Here's the other thing. I saw a stat that the guys on the European tour, I don't know the exact number, but combined had played something like 78 tournaments on that golf course where they have the French Open, and the Americans have played eight or something. <laughs> so, again, Thomas Bjorn knew what he was doing, and they all knew what they were doing, but to answer your question, I would agree with you. I wish we would do more of uh, shrinking the fairways, growing the rough, and making it more about shot-making than about pure power.
2: A couple more, Matthew, before we let you go. I was talking about this with Mr. Wright. I mean, Tiger Woods' is record now in foursome and mm-hmm. four ball, nine, nineteen, and one yes. We keep sort of running him out there. And these sort of, you know, in, in, in that format, and those formats. Mm-hmm. Is, is there something that you think or you see why Tiger and whoever they seem to pair him with, outside of perhaps Steve Stricker, um, mm-hmm. struggle so much in, in, the, in those two formats?
0: Well, I, you know, first of all, and I know I heard Mr. Wright say Tiger and Phil and they are, or have the worst records of anybody that's ever played. I get that. But there are a lot of guys that are, that suck at those
4: two formats.
3: (laughs) It's
0: not, I mean, to use a true journalistic word, they suck at those formats. It's not just the two of them, but because it's Tiger, who arguably it could be considered the greatest to ever play or definitely one of the top two to ever play the game. Um, it's not, he's always paired with somebody. And so you can't, I don't think. You can lay the blame totally with him. Uh, to Look at what happened this time. I mean, Patrick Reed would have shot 85 on his own ball paired with Tiger in one of those formats. So it, I think that some of that record is a little bit misleading, but I agree with what, what Ben said also. Um, the European side seems to have the ability to truly leave their egos at the door when they enter this competition, especially in Europe. And for us, it's about individual golf and winning tournaments by yourself and all the things that go with that. And for some reason, Tiger, look, I mean, he's won 80 tournaments and 14 majors, and it it might not be that easy for him to switch it on and off just for three days every two years or every four years. And I kind of understand that. I mean... um. So I, I cut him a little slack. And this time, I think you saw it. I mean, what he's done in the past six weeks is, how about this word too, Chris? Herculean. How about that? Wow. How about that word? Yeah. Uh, anyway, and I think he, from Friday morning, I think in the practice rounds, he looked so tired to me. He looked spent. I mean, we got one big fist pump the whole Ryder Cup competition i just think i think he was exhausted and spent as ben said and but he was still you know he was up to i forget what number 21 in the world or something and was had just won the tour championship against 30 of the best players on the planet i mean so you got to put him up there he's still tiger what he did uh, was astounding by the way, I agree with you totally about Ben Hogan, about that. But um, I think that's part of the whole Ryder Cup thing with him.
2: Matthew, one more, and you mentioned, you know, about some of the things that we have learned in the last, you know, 48 hours that sort of came mm-hmm. out of um, what went on w- between some of the players. And we've seen, yeah. you know, Patrick Reed and his wife start to point the finger. You know, why didn't Jordan want to play with him? And, and we've seen. Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson allegedly almost getting into two fights, one on the plane over mm-hmm. one while they were there in the team room and all that sort of stuff. But Patrick Reed is sort of now painted as the bad guy of golf. And mm-hmm. I found it interesting. Golf Digest put out an article today saying Patrick Reed is exactly what golf needs of villain. Does golf
0: need an hmm. antagonist? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I don't get that at all. I really don't. Uh, uh, you know, I get it in other sports. I get it when you're at a basketball game and somebody's on the other team that's a so-called villain in quotes, uh, and you root against them. And I get it in other sports, but I do not get that in golf. Um, and again, just my opinion. Golf is a game of integrity, of uh, all those things we always talk about. And I don't think you need a villain to root for people in golf. I don't I don't like rooting against someone. I had a conversation with somebody here about Ian Poulter, um who a lot of people and obviously especially in the Ryder Cup, he's considered a villain to all the USA fans. I happen to love Ian Poulter. Um and I don't root against anybody. Uh that's just not how I want to watch golf or think about it golf. I think it's different. And I I try to look in, in these competitions especially. I, I gotta tell you, I was very disappointed in the way that the United States team played and that we lost. But I loved that European team. Absolutely loved it. And what they did I thought was was the best kind of human part of a golf competition. I thought it was fantastic and I'll just say to end it, I have never been a fan of Patrick Reed, ever. And it's not because of this Ryder Cup stuff. The The way he's handled himself, some of the things he's done, he's just not my kind of guy. And I think what he did with this Ryder Cup, he threw Jim Furyk under the bus. He threw Jordan Speak under the bus. Um The stuff he said about Tiger, I mean, if you want to talk about truly somebody who's driven by individualism, it's Patrick Reed. Um, and I think, you know, I don't care what his record was with Jordan Spieth and what he did against Rory, that was terrific. But I, I think he exhibited in the couple of days after the Ryder Cup, the last couple days, I think goes against everything that these competitions are supposed to be about. And it's exactly why one of the big reasons we lost was that thinking. Uh, Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson are friends. They work out together. Um, I have no idea what happened on the plane or the team room on Sunday night, but uh, all you got to do is look at those two things. And, you know, Patrick Reed's wife getting in a Twitter fight and all this stuff. It's just, it, it was very disheartening to me, actually. And uh, you know, luckily, we don't have long to wait for golf season because it's already here, Chris. <laughs> we had three days off. My I, God, I missed golf so much. We had three days off since Sunday night, and now on Thursday we got the new season started. So Crazy. let's just let's just forget about the Ryder Cup and go on to. The 2018-19 golf season, and who's leading the FedEx Cup point total again? Oh my
2: lord, it is crazy. <laughs> anyway, that's Matthew, my two cents. I appreciate it. Uh, before I let you go, let remind our listeners that even though I do it every week here on the show, but I want you to remind <laughs> them again about your great show, Backspin Golf. Your drive-time show there in Lexington, Kentucky, and how all of our folks can listen and tune in to continue to hear the great things you do. 8.03 a.m. every Sunday
0: morning uh, through, actually through the end of this month. And I know you hate this, but this is going to take a little. Yeah, I did it last what? year. Don't add... Now, hold on, Chris.
4: Oh, hold
0: no. on. I know. Well. If you want, at 8.03 every Sunday morning, I'll call you and we'll talk some golf.
2: Ah, okay, I now that. I feel better.
0: Anyway, it's, you can get the app, as Chris said, if you go to WLXG.com. Um, the app is right there. It's, we're on ESPN Sports Radio 1300. You can go to WLXG.com and listen live uh, every Sunday morning through the end of October <laughs> <laughs> from 8.03 till 9 on Saturday morning. I mean, Chris, I got. I'm doing a soccer show. I have basketball starting right after that. For the whole season, I'm only one man, Chris. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only one man. I can only do so much. Okay. <laughs> it,
2: that doesn't mean anything to me. It's all about yeah, No, me. I know. What, so. what am yeah, I, I going to do now on Sunday morning? Yes. But no, I know. That's,
0: that's the you're, point. You're, you sound you sound like one of the guys that played on the United States <laughs> now, that's what you sound like. <laughs>
4: uh
0: and again, as I always say, you know, all of us, not just me, but you're such an amazing supporter of so many great people. Um uh, no there's nobody none of our friends do as much for all of us as you do on Twitter. It's astounding to me and uh It almost makes me want to continue backspin golf all the way through, but I'm not doing it. So forget it. (laughs)
4: Okay. Oh, so close.
0: So close. Yeah, you are. You are. Uh uh, Sorry. I appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Well, Matthew,
2: thank you for your time, my friend. It's always a, a joy and a thrill for me to get to spend some time with you. Thanks for taking time out of your night to come back on the show.
0: Me too. I'll talk to you soon.
2: All right. Take care, Matt. All right. That is the great Matthew Lawrence. Again, backspin golf. WLXG AM 1300 up in Lexington, Kentucky, WLXG.com to stream it online or download the WLXG app. It's a fantastic show. Always love tuning in and listening to Matthew to kickstart my Sunday mornings. All right, so, folks, it is time for us to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. I want to thank again... All of my great guests tonight. It's been so much fun having all of them as part of the show. You know Matthew Lawrence, John Clappy, and of course legendary broadcaster Ben Wright. Can't thank all of them enough for taking time out of their night to come and be a part of this show. Uh, I want to remind you how you can check out our show on the on the, uh, on the football side, our sister show Thursday Night Tailgate. Please, every Thursday night from eight to ten p.m. Eastern Time, we're talking football with five NFL legends who come on and share their stories and their insights. One of those legends, Tony Collins from uh, the New England Patriots, comes on and leads us through our five-star picks of the week. So he's there at the bottom of the first hour, taking us through five of the best games in the NFL that week. Uh, but uh, we, then we have four other legends come on, share their stories, share their insights for what's going on around the game today. I've got the, you know my great co-host Bob Lazeri, our wonderful announcer, Joe Lajanusa, and that show streams live from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio, also available as a free podcast afterwards on iHeartRadio Radio and our great friends over on Podbean that feature us uh, right there in their NFL fan section can't thank them enough for their support and if you just on a side note if you just love podcasts across all genres go download the podbean app or go online to podbean.com because they've got so many great podcasts across so much. like I say it's uh, the genre any genre you're looking for they got some shows for you so go check them out folks thank you so much for taking time out of your night and making us a part of your golfing content again this week until next week hit them straight my friend
4: been listening to Next Almighty with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and
2: LPGA pros and top instructors and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Tuesday
4: to hear more stories about the game we love, from people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about the great game of golf